Welcome to the third series of our show called Abakrotli. Abakrotli is a Nguni name for storytellers, and our show, Abakrotli the Storytellers, aims to share and unlock local, intercontinental, and intergenerational stories of women, illuminating women that are shaping and creating legacies, profiling African women as thought leaders and change makers. My name is Lebu Biko. I am joined by my partner, Rehema Isa, and together we're the founders of Womenomics Africa. Womenomics is a non-profit organization that exists to accelerate women's participation in what we believe are key economies, not just locally, but across the continent. In this third series, titled Mastering Change, we are so excited to be partnering with BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. As you can tell from the name, Mastering Change is inviting our guests to share their experiences and their perspective of how they've navigated both personal and business change. In the hot seat today, we have Ngadego Koza, CEO, Dana Investments and Investment Principal and Director, Chaisani Capital. Ngadego, welcome. welcome. It's such welcome, a pleasure welcome. and a delight to have you on the hot seat today. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. So pleased and so happy to be here. Excited. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. So... We can say a lot about you. We can introduce you in a number of ways. I've met you on different occasions and Lebo is familiar with you. She's known you for a very long time. But we don't like to invite and introduce people in that way, right? Um, There's something powerful. There's something beautiful about being able to introduce yourself the way that you want Mm -hmm. to tell your story using your words to highlight and emphasize what you would like people to know. So in this invitation to the show, we'd like for you to share with us your introduction of yourself. How would you like people to know of you? What would you like them to engage with? What would you like to highlight, emphasize? Who's Ngateko? And given this opportunity, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Rehema. My name is Ngateko Koza. I like to always say that I'm a mother. That's my Uh, proudest moment. A daughter an entrepreneur, a sister. Mm. Um, You know, I'm part of a family that's been entrepreneurial for many decades. So the entrepreneurship in me is the foremost thing I'd like to highlight, Mm. but also a corporate animal in the past Mm. and uh, essentially someone who majored in ICT, Mm. but has since really ventured out of ICT into many, many other fora, but within ICT, my proudest moments was being a product project manager and mm-hmm. since then i've applied the project management ethos to just about every part of my life Yay. and it's worked wonders for me so i would even say project manager and program manager extraordinaire um a few years ago oh. yes Lebu is sitting with me and um Yo, she is not sounding good yeah <laughs> <laughs> And she was she was looking for ways of managing her household, um, in particularly the domestic angle. And she comes and she says, Who I've got this friend and she's given me this template. 
<laughs> and it's a step-by-step. And I had a look at this step-by-step yeah. guide of managing your domestic situation. And I thought I was personally overwhelmed. So I think this the reality of you being a project manager, I think it probably manifests in many spaces in your life, right? Every space. just about, I mean, everything is a project. Everything has a start, a middle, and an end. So... Why not manage it as a project? And I hate it when somebody says, I didn't know, or I wasn't aware, or it wasn't me. So make it very clear so that it's written down. You've agreed. You've walked the person through it. You've walked with them, knelt on your knees, cleaned, showed them what you want done. So that it's never said, I wasn't there. It wasn't me. I'm not sure. I don't know. Are you a hard boss, my friend? Yes, I am. <laughs> Unashamedly so. <laughs> yes, I am. I wonder what's giving you that vibe. <laughs> huh? Yes, I am. Yeah, I, think, people... I think if you're getting um, paid for something, then you must do it. I love how you've gone right into it. Because, I mean, yes. I was going to go beyond how you introduce yourself, right? The most natural thing is for me to say, well, how do other people experience you, yes. right? Yes. And and I, and I like experiences based on what do people talk about when mm. you're not there? Or how are we... Um, introduced to you and about you. Mm. So my first introduction mm. was, hey, this woman has got her life in order. She knows Project. what she wants, when she wants it, who's responsible, <laughs> what the outcomes are, and, and it's very clear. And she communicates it in a way that leaves no ambiguity, right? That's a yes. personal context mm. that yes. I got to to hear about you the first time. And Liv was like, I remember, because mm. we actually had a session with you mm. when we were first uh, yes. um, preparing for this. Yeah. Preparing for this, right? Yeah. Um, no, years ago. Years ago, we sat in in a boardroom and she actually had a oh, conversation yes. when we were imagining yes. what Oya was meant to be about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you gave us your time and even that was very well you know, structured in terms of how you, you positioned that and got us thinking through Indeed. that. Um, so that's my first um, introduction mm. to you and, and how you participate in the world and space but other people obviously have got many touch points with you. Um, you do come from a, a very prominent known family. Mm-hmm. You come from um, a space that people interact with you in different um, contexts, right? And so I'm curious. So when people are hearing about you or when stories are shared about you, not these private stories that people tend to share, <laughs> but the business stories, uh, yeah. what is the most prolific story that is shared about you, about who you are, how you come across, what your ethos is that you've heard resounded back to you? I think a lot of people like to say, I'm a no-nonsense person, mm-hmm. which is the truth. And I always come across as very likable, very playful, you know, good sense of humor. So people initially don't take me very seriously. So they don't expect it. Yes, they think I'm just friendly and cute. Okay. Well, the but, cute part yeah. is... <laughs> so, yeah, I think it, it's good to be approachable because then people, you know, feel that they can open up and they can talk and they Indeed. can say what's in their hearts and, mm-hmm. you know, in what they need to do, how they would like to interact with you. They're quite free to you know to have that engagement so for me an open engagement is very important and i also i'm quite passionate about language as well so mm-hmm. being able to speak so many languages for me it i think it's a gift mm-hmm. you know so that you can talk to the person in the you know the way that makes them most comfortable and understand yeah. that they can understand yeah. that nothing is ambiguous and if it, if there's something that they feel that they can't express in english mm. express it in whatever language that you you would like it to you know to come across i think the only challenging language that i haven't really got to it but i think had i stayed in a in a relationship with with a person of 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 the vendor culture 
I would probably be quite um you would you the proficient quite, quite proficient and and I tried and, watching yeah. Mubango yes. it didn't work no yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I can I can do you know just the Ah. You know the, the you know the greetings and asking nah. for water and all of those good things. Nah. But I think being able to be understood, you know, yeah. and that's what people want, yeah. you know, to be able to be heard. How many languages do you speak? The only one I'm, I'm struggling it's with, Venda. as I said, is Venda. The rest is is a no-brainer for me. Mm. So all of South Africa's official languages. Correct, mm. correct. That's mm. quite a feat. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's important. But but also as a Tonga person, yeah. uh-huh. you actually forced to, um, because we're a minority group. Nobody else will come across and say, "Let me, you know, try speak Tonga." Mm. More often than not, you need to speak the mm. other person's language. Mm. It's fascinating putting yourself in other people's shoes yeah. mm-hmm. as being something that directs how you engage, right, mm. and what you've prioritized. Are, are there parts of your story in Katego that that I mean, you've talked to us about how you introduce yourself. I think we have asked now how other people have known you. Is there a congruency between how people know what you're about? and what you would like them to worry about because sometimes what leads us might not necessarily be you know are there parts of you that you wish you know i wish they knew this more about who i am and how i engage with the world uh work or otherwise look i think for me the the one thing that's always been a bit of a a side issue that irks me is you know when people say you saw and saw's daughter and yeah. this is what you should be yeah. mm, you know yeah. i believe we are all, all all of us are our own people right and the so and so's daughter that you are hasn't always been so and so they needed to work hard to get to where they are indeed and they developed from nothing to what they've become and you've known them from when they were not that person to what they are now mm. you know when people say oh my god your father is such a prominent business leader oh my god how do you cope i mean how do you cope with your own father <laughs> you know yeah and my father is a kind of person who wouldn't be like you got to be like me he's mm. like be the best you that you can be you know be you Indeed. you know pursue your dreams i'm here to support you and we are there to support his dreams as well mm. so versa versa mm. for me i think one of the things if i go back you know i've known katako for a long time even in our varsity years um i think one of the things that i was always in awe of is understanding i mean we grew up sure long time ago <laughs> as kids right people are uh, revealing their yeah, ages yeah, long time ago but i think even in the context of understanding who your father was mm-hmm. how how grounded i always thought you were you know how got to had to work <laughs> like the rest of us in varsity you know and get a job and do some stuff and i thought that was that was always one wonderful around even knowing who the man was mm-hmm. how how much of a grounded person that you were and i think for me that kind of instills values um of 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 the kind of person that he is but how that has shaped who you are how has that shaped who you are and how has that led into the work that you do now so i mean my father and my mom actually yeah. both of them they lead by example they've never said you know you must do this you must do that and then you turn around they're doing something different So I mean I've been privileged in that that example has always been in front of my mm. eyes from you know the day I opened my eyes you know my mom was there doing things being what she is my father the same way so I mean as a family myself my sister I had a brother as well we were always just taught to be authentic mm. and to be humble mm. and to to be real you know to be you are who you are you don't have to be this person in that context and someone else in a different context it's much easier to be consistent and just be you across whatever space you are in your life and whoever you're with whether you're with a gardener or the the CEO of some JC listed company 
people are people mm-hmm. and you treat treat them with respect because that very same god as somebody's father that's a leader in a different space you know so we need to respect people no matter who they are where they come from what they've achieved what education they Indeed. have what they don't that's have beautiful. so i think for me it's always to treat people with grace and mm-hmm. you know respect right. you know just just treat people for what they bring to the party and what they can become mm-hmm. yeah i'm pausing <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a hard thing sometimes to live into right um treating people with the same values that you would like to espouse because life challenges you mm-hmm. sometimes right um and i'm looking at your your history and your context so you saying that you know ICT project management CEO of an investments company and into the space of capital what does that mean i remember when i first started my first company and um at cipro back then um, it was called cipro it was called cipro what is it now um cipc <laughs> you couldn't just put a name of a company you had to say investments or holdings or solutions or whatever right um sitting back and 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 watching your rise and obviously the the you know getting a sense of the work that you do but perhaps for the listeners in investments and in capital what what do you do what does that look like what kind of work does the ceo actually engage with and interact with on a daily basis that she infuses her personal self into um in terms of your ethos and mm. and your way of thinking and what you hold dear in terms of what is important in life mm. So I mean uh, this current role that I'm in is a lot about wealth creation mm-hmm. wealth cre- wealth management that sounds big and mm. uh, legacy so basically it's about building businesses that last businesses that make an impact businesses that you can be proud of you know businesses that businesses that when you're not there they'll still be mm. existing and be strong and prominent mm. and investing in spaces with the same holds you know you you'd invest in a company where if a certain shape is doing well you stay in mm-hmm. if you invest in you make a mistake which you you know we all do you invest in the wrong space it's not doing well you need to know when you to get out. out yeah because you need to cut your losses at some point to say look you know what looking at the trajectory of where this investment has taken us where we are now we've been bleeding do we want to bleed mm-hmm. some more or do you want to just keep praying or do we just get out so you just need to know when to get out yeah when 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 you just have had just about enough to say you know this is an informed decision this makes sense let's cut our losses now we've lost you know 40% of the value do we want to lose 80 or 20 you know to be left with 20 so you just need to be able to make that call and just be confident in the call that you're making you could have made a mistake and you move but we on. but we move, we we left to learn sure as an entrepreneur ne with this optimism <laughs> it's gonna get better said <laughs> i'm not so talking at what point is it like okay now because that's what keeps us going as entrepreneurs yes, right and yes. i think it's it's a blessing and a curse yes. because i think you are able to build resilience in ways that other people can't so mm. when you know some people will see the first sight of trouble and they think i got to go right whereas an entrepreneur there is there is benefit and 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 you know good opportunity in seeing that actually this is a phase or i can cut through this or i can do something different and and i think that's that's the that's the optimism that keeps us yeah. going right yeah. that keeps us no it's going to get better at what point does that now it's time to go <laughs> i think the you know some the the writings always on the wall mm. you know in terms of of running entrepreneurial businesses i mean we've run businesses as a family for a very long time we've invested in chicken licking outlets we've invested in butcheries wholesale meat wholesaling um you know we've invested in 
also it's a service station. You know, when 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 you 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 deal with people, and the people don't have the same vision and dream for the for the business, you know, when people start stealing from you, when you can see that you can no longer manage, you know, from mm-hmm. afar, or mm-hmm. you can never, no longer trust the people that are running with the business, the business is making losses. You're trying to save this. You're putting it. You're putting in money. Putting in money. At some point, you have to say, you know what, guys. Um, you know, enough. we've actually tried, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you were part of us trying. We've, you know, sat down and had management meetings. You know, stock is disappearing. Nobody can account for it. Uh, sales, you know, um, are made, but the money is not in the bank. What's going on? And then you try and fix the situation up to a point where, you know, th- there's nothing left to save except yourself. Mm. People don't spend a lot of time thinking about financial services. They simply think about the money they need to do things and the things they need to do with money. That's why we don't think of ourselves as a financial services provider. Rather, we're a money company. In fact, we're the needs-matched money company. Everything we do is, well, needs-matched including providing the world's first-ever needs-matched life insurance. Life insurance that changes as your life changes. And because we know our lives change, because we wanted to know and share everything there is to know about change, we call this school of thinking Change Science. It's why we created the Change Exchange, a free resource filled with tips, tools and other people's stories of navigating change in their lives. And it's why we created this podcast series. You can find many more on changeexchange.co.za or on your preferred podcast platform. Just search for Change Exchange. You know, I'm like, I'm like in a classroom. And I kind of want to raise my hand at so many different me, touch me, points. Me. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first thing is what Leb was said about, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and letting go. But I think I, I'm actually pausing on one of your first statements that you're in the business of wealth creation. Mm. And I think being in the entrepreneur landscape for over 15 years in South Africa, not as much as, as you and your family's legacy, is I'm sitting in and I'm listening and I'm reflecting on how our conversations around entrepreneurship have been around starting Mm. um, and how our conversations are around getting onto that treadmill, right? Um, And and to to, to start going and how not enough of those conversations have been around building legacies. Mm. And so the mindset that one's coming in is that gitazam. Right. And I'll start. And I'll start. Not beyond the starting, um, you're right. And and the conversations haven't been healthily around Are you what legacy are you looking to create? That notion of um, sustainability mm. of what you are creating. And it's often been, I think, um, from many players in, in the space, a response to we are going to create jobs. It's a response to people are not employed. But this notion of being in an industry, and that's why I was very curious around what when, when we say investments, what do we mean? But this notion about being in a space where you are consciously, um, as as a business person, looking at, I'm going to put in so that there are greater returns coming out, mm. I think is a beautiful paradigm to even reflect on as the journey of entrepreneurship in SA. 
it took us a long time and I think probably this year where we said actually we're investors in our own business, business. Yeah. Um, because that's not a mindset mm. that we are encouraged to th- reflect on it's always the entrepreneurship and therefore the focus is on the hustle mm. the struggle the challenges and not necessarily the building of legacy which requires more time um, which requires a certain patience a patience. diligence and outlook of the individual so I'm curious about you and your journey. Um, and I would say that in, in, in my family, for instance, I'm perhaps first generation entrepreneur. Mm. There's lots of hustlers. Um, and my brothers are perhaps very successful entrepreneurs in their own right, but don't really have a context to frame from mm. or to tap into. And so one is always, you know, tattering my chance here mm. and there or finding and self-helping, right? What is your journey of entrepreneurship personally mm. been? And, and, um, what? How do you, how do you frame that for somebody else who's looking in and perhaps making certain assumptions about what had this has meant for you? So I think um, entrepreneurship is is about getting your hands dirty, you know. So you you can't get into a business where you wouldn't do that job yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be like selling chicken where you wouldn't stand in front and be the cashier where you wouldn't be standing behind the stove and being the person that fries the chicken or packing the chicken or receiving the chicken or, you know, doing the banking. You need to know the various spaces so that let's say there's shortage anyway, you just roll up your sleeves and you get in there. Like in a hospitality business, when I get there, I don't say, look, uh, we are the owners of the business, you know, Mm. move away. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure that whoever is there, greet them. Is everything fine? If there's a dirty plate, pick it up. Take it to the kitchen. You know, if the person needs a drink and uh, the person usually does the drinks is not there, go ahead and do the drinks, you know. Ask the person, how has your stay been, you know? Um, is there anything that we can improve on? Thank you for, you know, being part of our journey. You know, those kind of things I think people appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are in someone's business and someone sits down with you and says, you know what, thank you for supporting us. Uh, we really value what you've brought to the business and by being here you're making us so that we can hire that other person mm. and start creating. Mm. So for me, even even when we have meetings with our team members and some of our other businesses, I'm like, no, I'm not chairing the meeting. Mm. You chair it. Yes. And then if we're doing, you know, we're looking at debtors and there's monies that are owing by the family, you must call us out and say, listen, family, <laughs> you guys came and stayed and you didn't pay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Treat everybody as if they're customers, even if you're buying into your own business. Indeed. So you need to set that example. You can't say, no, because I'm the owner, I can just grab stuff and walk out with it. Mm. You know, be that example. Leading by example. Lead right? by example wherever yeah. you are. It doesn't matter. I mean, my mom, if someone, there's a spill on, you know, on, on the floor in one of our hotels, she won't be like, so-and-so, bring a bucket. She'll go, get the mop, mop it up. You know what I mean? Because you expect the next person to be able to do that. So you must also be able to do that yourself. So those are the lessons that, you know, we've learned. So I think even when people are saying it's a hustle, it's a hustle, you need to respect the work that you're doing. I wouldn't even call it a hustle, you know? Like we're saying, it's wealth creation. Mm. You, you're in this for the long run, not just doing it for now, just to keep alive. Mm. If you're not doing this, what else would you be doing? So it's not a hustle. It's actually your life. It is your life. And you spend so much time And you're spending, you wake up into it, you sleep and you wake up into it. So please do not call it a hustle. It's a business. And you're building an empire. You're building, you know, a legacy. You're building something where you can actually leave for three weeks, go on a holiday, you come back, the business is still still running. Because you've put people that you trust in there. 
people that treat the business as if they're also owners in the business. So those are the kind of people that you need to hire. Mm. You don't want to hire someone who's going to be the next day they're gone. You know, like when there's a problem in, 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 the, in the business with cash flow, be open and say, guys, you know what? This month we're really struggling a bit. We need to pull our socks over here. We need to cut on here. We need to do that. Let's do it together because the business is struggling at the moment. We need to pull up our socks. And this is why you have to do it. So I think people operate well in spaces where you explain why you're doing such a thing and why it's important to do it. You know, if we say debt collection every week, you must make sure that you're up to date. Make that person understand why. Because that money is what Indeed. pushes us forward as a business. You need that is number one, mm. you know. And why is it number one? And it's actually everyone's responsibility. It's not just Maria. You know, if John can see the the guest was here and they haven't paid, like guest, sorry, you've got a an open invoice over here. Mm. Uh, please, won't we make good of the invoice before you leave? Not just leave the person, then try and chase it for Afterwards. for six months, wasting mm. time. The word that comes to mind is one that is often prolifically used, that's perhaps incorrect, is it sounds like you have an empowered workforce. That's what I strive for, because people are not stupid, that's what I believe. And people want to learn, people want to progress, you know, people want to see, you know, they want to see themselves being uplifted. Mm. You don't always want to be that guy who's just driving the car. You know, what else are you teaching your driver? But also what I like about that is that we all almost always... um, I have a strong passion for value proposition development and a big part of that is customer experience. And often I think for many organizations, big and small, um, there's a disconnect between the customer experience and the employee experience. And we expect the employees to give great customer experience, but the employee experience sucks. And then Mm. we wonder why the hell. And so what you're doing is that you're actually, what I'm getting from you, there's so many nuggets. I mean, there's Mm. the leading by example piece, because really it's about saying, I'm telling you what you need to do, but I'm also showing you, which I think is much more powerful language than actually telling people that I'm showing Mm. you this is what it looks like. But I think inherently as human beings, we all want to be part of something bigger. We all want to see where we connect into something bigger in the organization, in the spaces that we're in. And I, I'm getting from you that that's what you do. So that person doesn't see themselves as a driver. But here's what I'm contributing to this legacy building, to the sustainability building. And if I don't do it, here are the ramifications of it. And so they see themselves as an important cog in the entire chain, right? And often I think many organizations fail at that. We just, here's your job, here's your job description, but it's within a, it's in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's not within a context. And I think... For me, that's that's like awesome in terms of what you're doing. And I think it kind of leads me to our next question around why the work that you do actually matters, right? Because I think there's a big part of purpose that kind of runs through that. For whom is this legacy building of yours important? Why, why does it matter, the work that Zana Investments does and Play Signing Capital does? What? So look, it's, 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 about, it's about impact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Play Signing, we're not just you know, investing for investment's sake. We, we we say, look, what is it that we want as an outcome? Why are we in this? Are we investing in the spaces that we're investing in? And how would we value the impact made beyond delivering the product, you know, the main thing in terms of the investee companies that we invest mm-hmm. into? So how many women have we hired? How, how much youth um, have we hired? How many jobs have we created? What is the ultimate impact of what you're doing? And how sustainable is it? Mm. You know, and then most important with the Laisani business is what is our exit? You know, to what end? Mm. You know, so we build this legacy, we make this, we build this wealth to what end? What is the next step? 
what is the next fund or what is what is it that we're trying to do here ultimately so it's a long-term vision mm. that we consistently um, you know nurture mm. and then we also say who do we partner with and who do we let into our space you know mm. who are the investors that we allow in who do we pursue and the whole thing about values so you can get people with money but if you have no shared value yeah. it, it doesn't make yep. sense because you'll sit in a room and you actually don't understand each other because you're not on the same page mm. so money is important yes but values and alignment and alignment of purpose is very important as well to say together this is what we're trying to do mm. so that if you say we're in here for five years you understand it's five years you can't after three years say listen guys I'm done. I know I'm done guys <laughs> That's not what we're about. Even if you're done, because the initial purpose was five years, you'll need to stick it out for the five years, because mm. that was the purpose. And this is how, how we build in this investment. This is how we're going to build the value, and the value will be available after five years. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. Oh, that's the project manager. And you're hey, can you hear it? Yeah, there's no wishy-washy, <laughs> no room for. <laughs> Let's go, life happens, no, things change. No. <laughs> and I think there's that kind of dedicated focus yeah. Um, yeah. on the future, right? Uh, and and what I get from that is this whole notion that whilst things can change, if you as, as a strategist, one is mm. always looking at the long-term outlook and saying that things will happen in between. But if you keep your eye on the prize on the future mm. and understand that these waves will come and they'll go, there's a need for us to ride them. What are you finding in terms of what's changing the investment community? Are we patient? Do we have sufficient patient capital, patient um, expectations? Um, um, what has happened since you've been playing in this space that you've seen shift change for mm. good and for bad? And what what are we what are we what should we be reflecting on as people? You know, as mm. I say, I say we call ourselves investors now in our own businesses. Yes. What should we be keeping our eye and lens on? A, as the entrepreneurs working in the business, but also as investors looking to grow our own value chains and, and to expand in that space. And invest and, and potential invest. Is it investees? Is that the term? Investee when, when companies. When they put money in. Yeah. The one that you invest into. Yes. 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 Yeah. That one. Yeah. What has changed? Mm. What, what has shifted? And, and what gives you concern and what excites you? Mm. Look, it's always hard, you know, to convince someone to put money into a, you know, a fund. To say, listen, we've got this fund. This is what we're going to do. So basically, the people are buying you. They're buying the mm. people that are running it. They're, they're buying, um, you know, experience. They're buying trust. They're buying, you know, how it's all packaged. Because you can't see mm. the the future. They're buying your story to say, mm. why Saisani and not the next fund? Mm. Right. Mm. What, what what does it mean to be invested in Saisani? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really. Um, you know, very, very difficult sitting there convincing people why label not Rahim, why Rahim mm. are not label, mm. why Ngateko and why this person. So they have to sit there and evaluate. So you must know that you're in a universe of options mm-hmm. and what makes you attractive. And it's very, very difficult right now, especially in South Africa. People, uh, they're, you know, they're a bit weary. They, they don't know what mm. the future holds. You know, the wheels are falling off in all sorts of spaces. Mm. I mean, Energy, water, the mm. basics that we we never even used to think about in the past. Hygiene factors, factors, you know, just uh, like the just the, the, the piece of paper, just yeah. the base, yeah. you know, before you even start writing anything. If the paper's not even there in the first place, then you're really starting from like nothing. 
So I think it's been very, very difficult to get investors, um, you know, to trust in, in the South African product, the South African investee company, uh, what we've done. So for us, we really ride on our experience mm. and our track record to say this is what we've done in the past. This is who we are. This is where we still remain focused. And this is how we were successful through COVID. Yeah. And this is what we did to create robust companies. And these are the eight that we invested in and why, how well have they done, uh, where did we take them from and mm. to, how did we add value as investors into these companies, using our networks, um, you know, participating in the management of these companies and the boards of these companies, um, educating, sharing knowledge. So doing all sorts just to get those investing companies to be successful so that you build a track record for the next tranche of, of, of invest, investors and money, and money that you're trying to raise. So it's been very, very hard, um, you know, looking at the DFIs, uh, trying to, to raise institutional funding, extremely difficult. And it's a long, long cycle. You know, it's not like you walk in and say, "This is are we asking for 50 million, please won't you sign here? Yeah. So that's a two, three year journey where you build in relationships, you, you know, ongoing engagement and also showcasing what the individual members of the team have done and what you've done as a team as well. So I think it is quite a difficult one, but it's not impossible. We are a generation of South Africans. We have faced challenges and been given opportunities that our parents were not. We We have seized the future with both hands and we will be the change we want to see in in our our nation. nation. Our guests are orchestra conductors, mountaineers, investors and activists, pilots, winemakers and more. To listen, simply search for Change in One Generation wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by The Change Exchange. Helping you to better navigate life's changes. So so where are the opportunities then? Where are the, you know, the gem, the light? Where's that light at the end of the tunnel? Where? If we all knew where that is, I mean, we'd be highly successful. So it's basically a an ongoing challenge you know uh in terms of investing yeah. um you can't say this is where it is this is where you're going to get the money from you know you go to the pension funds you go to the banks you go to family offices so you're basically looking for people who will be like-minded like yourself mm-hmm. and agree to invest into what you're trying to do so it, it is a difficult journey but it's not an impossible one um it, it does take time yeah. it takes a lot of trust so i mean some of my time is spent in that space and you know split nowadays i do a lot more on the entrepreneurial part of the business which is the zana investments and then we've also got the farming business and the hospitality business so also trying to sort of streamline my my usage of time so mm. within the investment space we've got very good partners that we you know that are mm. full time in the business so at least then you trust that you know you've left the business yeah. in good hands and then you get involved you know in invest code etc in terms of your participation in that and then rather spend more time building the businesses that will create the the, the capital to mm, pump into gotcha. the investments as well yeah i think for us that was a big wake-up call right mm-hmm. i think as we're thinking about the work that we do um i think we've even flipped the idea of saying let's actually build the business that's going to give it the money to do the other stuff that we really want to do and i yeah. think that's mm-hmm. but the, that, 
as Rihanna said, that's a journey, right? That that's patience. That's <laughs> riding the that's storms, the waves. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess the curiosity is that. Um, you know, there's always this this beautiful statement that's out there. There's no shortage of money. There's shortage of projects mm. in your world, right? Mm. Are we as South Africans investing enough in the wealth creating opportunities that are out there? I don't think so. Mm. Why I really that? don't think so. What what is the challenge? Um, because and where, yeah, and where are they? Well, look, I think trust is a challenge. You know, Who's trust. Um, I think trust in the people that I that I that will be giving you the money, you know, to say these guys say they can do this, but can, can they really? They? So we don't trust ourselves. And who are they? Mm. And you know, I'm the IDC. I could give you this money, but, but. Uh, where's your money? But you're like, no. But I'm trying to create the platform to be able to make as much money as you want me to have. I don't have it right now. Won't you invest in me? So it's very, very. It's a very difficult balancing game, you know, because um, in, in more often than not, with the banks, they say, okay, fine, there's money there, but banks won't give you money if you don't have money. Mm. You know, if you get, if you come there empty-handed with a business plan, chances are you won't get that money. And you need to have money to make money. It's very unfortunate. And historically, where are you going to get the money? Exactly. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm asking that question, yeah. because um, it, it sounds wonderful. Right? It sounds cute. It's very <laughs> and, uh, nice. Headlines are always, that's lots of money. Is, yes. <laughs> but no one will give you money if you don't have. And so, I guess there's a certain level, you can hear my voice, mm. um, a deep sadness and frustration, because the picture is is clear. The opportunities, when I, when I engage with young people and I hear how creative they are, um, and how, obviously, is there money out there? I guess the question I want to ask is, is there money out there that's willing to support a journey of failures so that we can transition to a track of success? There's almost, for me, looking in, it's almost a presumption of a tried and tested formula, which quite frankly, our economic outlook is showing is a failure point mm. on its own. And therefore, how is money looking at things differently? And importantly, you being in the space, how are you looking at things differently that acknowledges that there's a trust deficit mm -hmm. in, in terms of the trust quotient that's out there? Acknowledging that there is an innovation paradigm that's got to be changed significantly in order to elevate our game and to participate competitively. And my context is, is, is not just South African. It's we, we've got these beautiful talks about free trade agreement, competing on the continent. We can't even locally stimulate sufficient entrepreneurial mm -hmm. engagement mm -hmm. that is wealth oriented. What has got to shift and change and, and how mm. is what you're doing and how you're doing it playing a role in this? Look, I think um, the entrepreneurial journey and trajectory should start earlier. It mustn't start when you get your matric, when you get your degree. Mm. For me, it needs Survival. to... It needs to, to properly start in high school, if mm. you ask me. You know, your grade eight, being able to start... You know, I think when we were younger, we used to do junior achievement. J.A. Mm -hmm. You know? I think more of those kind of programs where kids actually try and, you know, they're actually going out there into those spaces to run businesses, yeah. burn their fingers, understand how to manage cash flows, what a business needs in order to be a business and what does it, what, what are project pro, profit margins, you know, what are, mm. you know, how, how do you cost items to be profitable? How do you mm. plan? I think that's lacking. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's just such a difficult space in South Africa. I mean, if you look at the Ministry of Small Business, what is the deliverable there? Mm-hmm. Have we seen anything? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but how do we hold how such things accountable? But we need to find a way. I'm not sure what the, that way is. What, but, what is this? Yeah, but there needs to be something more than just to pay lip service to say, "Oh, entrepreneurs, this. Oh, we workshop this." I mean, people are workshopped to death. I mean, there were some um, entrepreneurs that I was mentoring, and they were saying, "You know what? Wherever we go, if I'm not to train us, you know." <laughs> Train us in this, train us in that. We overtrain. Yeah. We, we, we're enough of training. Mm-hmm. Can you just invest in what my business needs? Mm-hmm. And my business business needs a laptop in order for me to communicate and do business. Mm-hmm. And I want the laptop that I think will serve my business. If I feel it's I'm an Apple machine, give me an Apple machine. Why must I have entry-level Dell? You know, because I also want to go to meetings and do presentations and look like I'm successful. Mm-hmm. Like I know what I'm doing. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to reflect on, um, that entrepreneurs know what they're doing and they know what they're asking for. And the parallel I draw is, I think, in the world of women's economic enablement and engagement and inclusion, um, deliberately not using the word empowerment. Um, And you would find that in those spaces, I've found that there's a need to give women what people think they should have. And so, for instance, in the technology divide, it would be like, just get them a basic, you know, laptop to participate. But here's the reality of not giving people the tools that they need is that they continuously working off the back foot. You're not allowing them to participate competitively. Mm -hmm. And so there is a need for us to change and have a richer conversation that has all ecosystem parties and players in the room. But there is a need to infuse more voices in because I think we are missing out and continuously playing catch up Mm, because mm. we work off the back foot of, you know, it should be enough and not a what are we going to do to accelerate this conversation, this journey? We allow the space to work on a back foot of where everybody else is. And when we're seeing other people's development, GDPs um, going up, it's because they've they've made a deliberate effort to accelerate certain elements and we are comfortable working with where we are. But I guess for me, as you've been playing in the space and you've got experience, part of what I would be curious, what I'm curious about is what is the personal changes Mm -hmm. that you've had to go to? What's your personal journey of transitioning A from corporate to where you're at now? Or what's your personal transition as a mother um, in the space that you are currently occupying? What has been the greatest metamorphosis that you've had to undergo that has enabled you to be who you are today? Mm-hmm. What did you learn from that journey? What has stood out? And what would you do differently given the opportunity to go through that change again? I think uh, the, the major one is really self-mastery, you know, mm-hmm. leading self. Uh, being able to do the things you need to do without having the big boss, the big, you know, group leader, whatever. You know, there's, so, there's nobody watching. You know, you actually need to get the thing done because the thing needs to get done and you know it needs to get done. So really being able to manage yourself, manage your time, manage outcomes, uh, manage timelines without having somebody saying, listen... Um, by the end of this week, you need to have submitted this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the middle of the year, we're going to do a performance appraisal. Mm. So basically, you consistently performance appraisaling yourself to isn't say... That, isn't that hard? It's hard, eh? It's hard because there are days when you just like, just want to do this. You don't want to wake up. You don't want to wake up. Yeah. 
And, and why do why do they all call all the time? And oh, this email. So you sort of have to pace yourself, yeah. you know, to be able to, you know, lead self. You know, to to be able to say this needs to be done by this time. No one's going to be phoning you to say, "Is it done?" Mm. No one's going to phone you to say, "Are the employees paid?" You are that person. Mm. So understanding that, you know, now it's more about being, you know, leading yourself, mm. leading others, being that example mm. that nobody's going to come and check. You know, if you run your own finances, you're leasing monies, you're accounting for monies. No one's gonna say, you know what? Did you go to the spa or did you buy, um, you know, um, groceries for the business? Mm-hmm. You know, or why did you use the business credit card for this? So you need to to be disciplined, you know, because it's very easy to mix up yeah. your personal expenses, the business, use the business card for that, do that. So you just need to be very disciplined to say, you know what? This is my salary that I get from the business, and that's on the side. This is what happens mm-hmm. here. This is what I use the business funds for and if I'm buying this is it serving the business if I'm paying for this is it serving the business or am I just doing it because I can Mm. so you need to be very disciplined and understand the means to an end in everything that you do so this is a journey you want that's my journey my journey was to say so what were you before well before there was there was that that big watchdog there was the boss the big boss the the performance appraisal the performance appraisal (laughs) that spreadsheet you know, there's the, 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 the lead tracker yeah. that we used to have when I was at Deloitte. How far are you? Mm-hmm. And then compare you to the rest. Yo, the group, the division. And, you know, where are you in this whole picking order? No, it's just Will you last for, the, for, 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 for this financial year? Where are your revenues? They should be here. You know what I mean? So you don't have all those tracking mechanisms where there's this big brother that's watching. You know, to say, and then that that pressure that that you feel that oh my god, I'm so behind. I saw oh Maria is like you. She's she's like shooting the lights out. Look at me. She's on fire. Me me. I'm like you know. I'm just lighting. So you don't have that, but you need to create that for yourself yourself, because that that's what creates drive. Yeah. Yeah. The the difference now is that there isn't that you know big stick and big performance check, Hmm. and whether you're a one, two, three, four, five. But you know, in terms that, of, but you're doing but, that. But you're doing that in your, in your, in your. But that's the, the but, difference. The difference is that when you incorporate, you're doing it on a piece of paper and you're filling in, you know, all those little dots and the ratings and all of that. Mm. But when you're an entrepreneur, you're doing it in your head. But what if you, you know? put in place Gatego, you know? for that kind of stuff? Because there must be a. Because it's very easy to, you know, the entrepreneur today. You're thinking yes, it's too no, But for me, I always, I always <laughs> go back to the fact that this is not for Gatego. Yeah. You know. This is a family business. Yeah. This is a wealth creation environment. We're trying to create sustainable businesses. And, and, and then yeah. we, we have people that work for us, people that rely on us, people that feed their families because we've created these opportunities. So you can't be letting down a farm worker, you know, that person, that little bit of minimum wage that they're getting is what pays for the family to live yeah. for the month mm-hmm. until the next month. You so know? you had to put in systems. So the responsibility is even larger mm-hmm. for me than mm-hmm. what you had mm-hmm. when you're in corporate. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah? it's not about you. Mm. You said, I want to create opportunities. When you create an opportunity, then you have a responsibility and you're accountable to that. You can't one day say, you know what, I'll pay them on the 28th, man. I don't feel like doing it today. Mm. It's, it's, it's non-negotiable because if I work in that business, I know on the 25th I'm getting, I'm getting paid. paid. But who's making that payment? You, that person. 
you're no longer sitting there waiting for the thing to clock. You are pressing the button to make it clock. Mm. And you need to make sure there's enough for you to be able to press that button for the button to work and not have Ish. bouncing transactions. So you're, the responsibility is even larger than mm. when you're running in a corporate because in a corporate, you don't really care who's cleaning what, who's doing this. You're just there to do your little your piece. piece. Mm. Whereas now you're looking at across the board, you, you know, you, you, you're going to the business, the security guard may stop you and say, ma'am, this has happened. And you can't just say, oh, thank you. You need to do something about it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't say, no, the gate is not working. It was hit by lightning yesterday. You're like, okay, thanks, bye. You are the No, order. you are that guy, that girl, who must make sure that when next the next person comes in and they press, the gate must open. It must work. Yeah, it must work. But then in order to work, you need a team to say, listen, so-and-so, um, please want to do an, insur- an insurance claim mm. for the, 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 the gate that was hit by lightning. And you need to fill in the form and then send it to me so that we can make sure it's, it's all sorted out, get a quote, get this. But you are the person doing that. And then who's paying the insurance to make sure that that stopgap is in place? If you haven't paid the insurance, who are you claiming from? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's so many other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So constant problem solving, right? Yeah. Um, and what I'm hearing from you is that um, there's a culture of codifying and putting into place systems to make sure that things work. Because as an entrepreneur, what I'm hearing you say is that there's a greater accountability that is beyond yourself. Who you are. You're not representing an entity. You're representing your personal ethos and what you stand for. And so this notion of wealth creation for you is really about making sure that other people are secure as you are creating Creating. your own journey. Mm, That's a huge responsibility. And and that's the word I was hearing, right? Responsibility. That I am responsible to other people in this and not being flippant about the impact. What I like is about the positive, the understanding of the positive and the negative sides of impact based on your actions, right? So Mm. I can have a positive impact if I'm doing well because the business is growing and there's legacy, but I can have a negative impact on the people if I don't do what I said I was going to do, right? Exactly. I wish wish there's so many, I want to say, corporates that appreciate that because Mm. I think Mm. what you're showing is also the appreciation of the ecosystem and the impact that you have and how my actions actually have a a domino effect on other people and other people in that value chain that Mm. if I don't do this. So can the people listening to this podcast who are responsible for paying small businesses and entrepreneurs please remember to press... Just that press, pay press, 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 you know, <laughs> authorize. When it was supposed to happen because of the impact. Sounds Isn't like it? a shop right statement. Yeah. Yeah. Authorize. Yeah. Authorize, please. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you are that authorized, please. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, I think the, the impact is, it's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 um, it's phenomenal because you, you, you know that things happen because you put, you, 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 you put the systems in place. If there are no systems, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you need to also create an environment where people feel secure. So if you want to create for security for yourself, because you're secure, then your team will feel secure as mm-hmm. well. So if they're not sure, good, hey, sometimes she pays us on the 25th, sometimes the 7th, sometimes not, sometimes half, sometimes quarter. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want to create that certainty to say, listen, as a going in position, you will get your salary. Mm-hmm. But in return, this is what I expect from you. Yeah. No ambiguity again. Mm-hmm. Shining through, <laughs> shining through. Well, I, I like that lack of ambiguity yeah. Yeah. because I think we could we could do with it, and and I think that we don't hold each 
other, I'm going to put my my foot out there. Mm. I don't think as black leadership, we often hold each other accountable mm. for creating a level of um, security for mm. each other. Um, a level of, of identity in terms of where we are going, how to get there, what's secure about that journey, what is unknown. Perhaps we're not honest about how much we don't mm-hmm. know. But I, th- I don't think there's a sufficient commitment to think out of the box, to think innovatively about how we can do things differently. What I'm hearing from you is this notion of wealth creation. And I sit back and I think, what a beautiful and powerful legacy. If we wake up tomorrow and everybody's got this mindset that as South Africans, we're here to create wealth and we see a synergistic opportunity for us to work together and to cre- to create the spaces that allow us to participate with that wealth mindset. But it's in it together, but we have to do the things that need to be done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in doing things that need to be done, we should also be able to call out when it's not mm, happening. Exactly. And I don't think we're calling out enough. not happening. Yeah, the yin enough. and the yang of it. Because, yeah. yeah, for every positive, there's also a negative and you have to manage both. And we, you need to be accountable to both. You can't say when the business is not doing well, oh, I'm just going to duck and take my bag and run off and people mm. must see what to finish. When it's not doing well, you need to be able to say, guys, this is where we are. We're not doing well. In my view, this is the plan. Does anybody else have ideas mm. that can save us from where we are? So not be the only thinker in the room as well. To say, because we, we're dealing with, like I said before, Indeed. with adult humans. They see probably more than you do what's happening on a day-to-day basis, more than you would ever know. Because their lens is different. Yes. Yeah. To say, no, why don't we do this? Why don't we, you know, as opposed to buying sachets, let's not, let's, why don't we buy in bulk? Mm. Or, mm. you know, and mm. fill mm. the mm. jar. Because the sachets are expensive. At least that's someone that's thinking. Mm. You know, so you say, no, what do you think? But this is what I think needs to happen. Let's manage it this way and then monitor and see if it's impactful. So that managing the negative and the positive. Say, look, we're in it together. This is our business. So you need to manage the business as if it was also your own. Not to say, I'm just here for, you know, nine to five, then I'm out. Mm. Let's let let's manage this so that we can all eat tomorrow. Indeed, that's the legacy and the sustainability, right? Mm. That's a legacy. I think that's that's. I think once again, it, for me, the theme around this is really just the the walking the talk, you know, leading by example, and just per, making sure that the values permeate throughout everything that you do. And a shared understanding Indeed. more than anything, because when people don't understand, they won't do. They won't do. Because you need to know why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why are you asking me to do this? Why am I filling in this leaf form? I don't want to. I don't like leaf forms. I mean, leaf forms is money, mm. right? Because you're accruing for it mm. in your business. To so say, if you ever leave, I need to be pay you, pay, pay you out leave. Yeah. Mm. So you need to manage it. You actually have to fill it in. You can come back in three weeks, but if you didn't fill it in, you must fill it in. <laughs> it must be done. Ah, systems and controls. Project management. <laughs> systems and controls. I'm just sitting back and thinking, oh, if we had all these systems and controls mm-hmm. economically, mm-hmm. we should be facing a very different landscape. So I love to extrapolate from the conversations that we have and we typically have around the dinner table, around private rooms and sit back and say, let's reflect on outside of this room, people listening in. How do we take on board some of what we're listening to and reflecting on how that helps us to champion a very different reality? And it's not just about us individually in our businesses, but it's us as part of citizens 
of, of a country that's got great potential, right? Mm. So maybe we should be looking at a more project management outlook and creating some accountabilities hey, in there. MS project. MS project. <laughs> Managing risk. <laughs> yes. Once again, I think with all our conversations, we could go on forever. Yeah. I think everybody brings in a very different lens through through their own experiences, business, personal, around, I think, issues that I think we are all trying to find a way to grapple with socially, economically uh, uh, in, in our country and continentally. And we so value your insights. Um, I'll, I'll definitely our listeners, if anything that they can take out, it's about the discipline yes. <laughs> and the focus and, and, and just not leaving things up to chance in as much as you possibly can, given the environment that we're in, but just trying to be very, everybody being clear on, somebody said once to us, make sure that everybody's clear that we're going down this path on the highway, this direction, but also be clear which highway, because you might be going on the N1 and they're going on the N3, right? Yeah. So very, very different. So thank you, my dear sister, for your time. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your authenticity and your vulnerability to share with us uh, your story. Thank you for the tools and the nuggets that you've shared with our listeners today, because there's no doubt that I think they would have taken out if any entrepreneur who's transitioning from corporate to 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 their own space and trying to do their things just to make sure that that fire that was keeping going in corporate you create those systems for yourself in order to make sure that you create a sustainable business that you know uh, will outlive you hopefully one day so thank you for your time Rihanna. Mm-hmm. thank you for having me indeed <laughs> you've covered it very well so <laughs> pleasure engaging with you and look forward to having you on board sometime later as well fantastic looking forward to that thanks thank ladies thank you this was brought to you by Abba Kogi, The Storytellers, a Womanomics Africa podcast brought to you by Brightrock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Visit www.changeexchange.co.za to learn more about the science of change and how you can navigate change in your life. If you're enjoying these groundbreaking conversations, be sure not to miss any of our upcoming episodes like this one. I think there is some requirement to be in uncomfortable places and always looking for that change, you know, Mm -hmm. to move and change careers. um, is not an easy thing and Mm. prove that you can do the other. How old were you when mm, you did that? When I first made the... The, the biggest move I must have been 28 because okay. that that the other factor that I was going to raise is taking some risk yeah mm-hmm.